This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. We have a packed show for, t- for you today. Brad Spielberger will share all of his NFL looks for week eight. Kelly Ford will hop on to talk college football, and Sean Zarillo will join us to set the stage for the World Series, and that's where we will begin. The National League pennant is going to the desert. The Arizona Diamondbacks win Game 7 on the road after trailing in this best-of-seven series two games to nothing and three games to two, but guess what? It's the Diamondbacks completing the comeback against the Phillies Four to two, the final in game seven. Cattell Marte turns out to win National League MVP honors. And Joe, it is unbelievable when we look at the history of game seven in Major League Baseball. As Sarah Langs pointed out, true home teams in the history of game sevens are 62 and 65 all time in winner take all postseason games. My goodness, what a run this has been for the Snakes. Home field's nothing. Nothing. Like we talk about how little it is in the NFL. It is literally nothing in baseball, but people still talk about getting home field. Uh, did Russo retire yet? Because I want to see it. We all, nobody's going to let him go with this. It's going to be fat. People hate him to begin with. They're, they're going to hold him to this. Like You're going to have to retire. I wonder if it's going to be just radio. Is he still going to do TV? as multiple TV gigs. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we talked about that opportunity the last two games. Over on the ALCS side, too, like, look, it's the old, as we talk about every year in the NFL with the Super Bowl, too. All right, you think that team's going to win, you get a better number if you just bet the MVP, which is most likely going to be the quarterback. And and we knew, okay, Phillies win, Schwarber's your MVP. D-backs win, Marte's your MVP. That was an interesting nugget. You know, people are going to, in other markets, that have teams that did not make it this far, they're going to say, what do we learn? How do we copy these teams? How do we do this? The answer is nothing. Like, it's just a lot of hot air that's just wasted on that. The answer is it's baseball, okay? That's what it is. It's baseball, and it's random, and it's just get into the dance. And if you're in the dance, you have a chance. With this 12-team format we've seen over the last couple of years, what has happened? Six seed and a five seed this year. Last year was a six and a one. Just get in. It didn't matter what it took to, doesn't matter what it took to get in. Just get in and you have a chance. And both these teams that are going to be meeting in the fall classic starting on Friday dominated in the first couple of rounds. It's crazy the odds that you could find in this sort of matchup. I, I keep hearing about the odds and we'll go over them, but I'm not seeing any tickets. 
Like that tells you something because if you had one of mm -hmm. these tickets, people would be showing them everywhere. Okay. As the sharpest baseball better on the show, I have a question for the group. Really? You were talking about how, what can we learn here? What about the diamondbacks in like, you know, playing small ball and the stolen bases. Is that something maybe, I mean, that's not the Philly style. Is that something maybe people want to look at, or do you just have to build your personnel around that style of play? Maybe, but there are examples of teams that did the same thing that didn't win. Like, is that why they won in the playoffs? I mean, I just look at it like, I don't know. How do you look at it, Ed? It's, I look at it just baseball played out. Like everybody was saying, right. it's going to be the Braves-Dodgers in the National League, and then boom, here comes the, the hot team. Yeah. I, I will say that whenever I've studied this, the postseason does tend to be a different animal because you're facing elite pitching a good bit more often. Like I know we've been talking a good bit about starters not being out there nearly as long and, and you mm -hmm. know, compared with regular season games, things like that. But the truth of the matter is you do have starters coming on in relief. And so the degree of difficulty for hitters is that much greater in the postseason. So I look at this and say small ball probably matters a little bit more but that's really hard to adjust because, again, the Diamondbacks nearly missed out on the postseason altogether playing this style of baseball. So True. It, there may be some sort of fine line as far as how much small ball you should be able to play as far as stealing bases and bunting and all of those things because postseason games tend to be lower scoring, right? So you manufacture those runs as best you can, though we have seen hard-hitting teams like the Houston Astros in this dynasty that they've been in they have a lot of home run sluggers. They have small home run sluggers like Jose Altuve and company. So, yeah, there's more than one way to win in the postseason. I think small ball helps you just a little bit more, but there is more than one way to accomplish what you want to. You want to be careful not to have too much small ball because you got to get into the postseason in the first place. And what we've seen over the years is that for a 162-game season, small ball tends not to be as effective as far as winning ball games and divisions. It's kind of the same conversation, but maybe avoiding the teams that rely so much on the lineup. Phillies. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was over after two games, according to everyone. That's why the Diamondbacks were 6-1, to one, and the Phillies still needed to win two more games to get to the World Series, and, and it was done with. And then what? A lot of times pitching does beat the hitting. Why were the Braves and, and the L.A. Dodgers talked about as, well, it's going to be one of them representing National League. We all know this because of their lineups, because they were so deep, top to bottom. So maybe teams that are so reliant on the offense, maybe you want to avoid a little bit, no matter how many uh, games or how many above 500 <laughs> they end up winning in the regular season. It's also interesting when you what... look at, say, the deadline and what happened there, which ball clubs mm -hmm. made moves. I mean, the Rangers went all in at the beginning of August, and we saw the dividends. Like, we saw that work out, regardless of whatever you think Max Scherzer was in the ALCS. He was impactful as far as getting the Rangers to this position in the first place. And also some of the hitters that they picked, that was also a big deal. Uh, the Diamondbacks, you know, they also got a closer uh, at the trade deadline. So that matters a great deal. Meanwhile, some of the other favorites in the postseason that perhaps weren't as active, like the O's, for instance, 
That was an early exit for them. I don't know if that's something that we can consistently point to to say year in and year out that's going to be important is activity at the trade deadline. But I got to believe when it comes to handicapping these teams as batters, maybe this is something where we need to look less at, say, the first half of the season and look more at how these ball clubs that made trades, how everything kind of coalesced and came together, especially as the young stars come up from the minors. That's also a big deal, Aaron. Well, mm-hmm. that was why I bet the Rangers to win the division because I knew the Rangers are the type of team that will spend money, right? What a bad beat for me. I mean, I beat, I bet them to win the division. They don't. Now they're in the World Series. Like, <laughs> how does that happen? So terrible. Yeah. But that was my thinking. Like, pick some teams that you know are going to spend some money and might go all in come trade deadline. And also, I was going to say, like, my biggest takeaway is really – just finding teams that have value. Like the Braves never really had a lot of value. And look what happened. You know, does it really Mm -hmm. matter if you're betting the favorites? Yeah, no, it doesn't. It's it's hard. It's hard to step. It's hard. It's hard to watch that for a half a year and say, okay, I've got to forget about everything I just watched that. It's still about Mm -hmm. just getting in. That, that just because you won, I watched you win a hundred times and we talked all year and you, and for six months, we're looking at the world series odds and they're at the very top for probably a good reason because all the talent they have, and they've got maybe an MVP, maybe a, a Cy Young contender. It's difficult to do that, but you do have to do that. Um, Texas, Arizona, how ridiculous is this? Well, before the year, I, I know some books had 170 on Arizona to win the World Series, 170 to one. And Texas was also a long shot, even though they made the additions and spent money. Uh, they were in that that mid-range, 45 to one. I want to say that's about the same number the Angels were somewhere in that range, that that mid-range for the World Series. But also, it was, we don't even have to go to March. We don't. Let's go to this month. Let's go backwards three weeks ago. Circus Sports tweeted this out and their, their World Series matchups. These were the odds on October 2nd. October 2nd, Arizona defeat Texas, 415 to 1. Texas to defeat Arizona, 350 to 1. Three weeks ago. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that, that is how ridiculous this is. That's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And I don't know, you know, it's just, it's about as unexpected a world series as we've had. Like, I mean, you can go back to say like 1991, uh, Braves twins. That was really unexpected. That was the beginning of the Braves run. But before that they were terrible and the twins weren't that good the year prior either. So that, that might be sort of the history that we're looking at as far as just how unexpected this whole thing has been. And now we've got a World Series matchup that uh, Sports Odds History has pointed out. This was 1,750 to 1 that we get mm. a Rangers-Diamondbacks World Series at the, tar- at the start of the season for BetMGM. The second most unlikely matchup in World Series history. And and you could probably make the argument as far as some of the ball clubs that were ahead of them, like the Braves and the Dodgers and the Astros, that this could be the unlikeliest World Series matchup. So absolutely, this this should come as a shock to all of us. Joe, you mentioned this idea that Christopher Mad Dog Russo may have to retire. <laughs> it is all because of one little comment. Now, I did back it up, but it was one comment that he made 
about what would happen if the Diamondbacks do capture the pennant. Uh, to make a long story short, I've been wrong in Arizona from day one. I, I, a, I'm stunned to beat Milwaukee. I thought they'd get swept by the Dodgers. I never thought they'd even go back to Philly for a game six. Uh, I'll try it one more time. I would not be stunned if they won tonight. I would be floored. floored. And I'll say this right now. Just to, I'll say this right now. And Bob Raceman, <laughs> write it down. If they win the next two days, they win the next two games and win this series in seven games, if they win, I will, I will retire on the spot. And there you go. Well, Christopher Mad yes. Dog Russo, forever in our hearts. It was a and, good run. And yes, yesterday afternoon, he tweeted the video out again. This is yesterday, and, and those comments were before game six. Tweets out, I stand by my promise. So now what? Is he going to be on high heat today? An MLB network? This is great promotion for them. Whether oh, yeah. you're talking about the ESPN show or the or High Heat or his serious show. It's the Mad Dog Station. Like, <laughs> is it done? <laughs> there, if he goes back on for it. For a reason to retire? Well, yeah, right? that's the thing. Like he was going to do it anyway? <laughs> was, yeah. his, was his contract done at the end of the year? I, I don't see him stepping away from TV. And he didn't. He wasn't specific on what he's going to retire from because he has so many jobs. I don't. I don't see him retiring from TV. It could be the radio thing. I mean, he's been doing this since 1988. Right. Whatever has fewer hours and pays more. I guess that's typically television. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. So that'll be a lot of people will be checking out High Heat today. I guess. Yeah, I, I can't wait for High Heat with Alana Rizzo where she gets to complain about other journalists. Like, that's going to be fun <sighs> television. Uh, yeah, it was strange happens. when they brought her on. It, it's been awkward. I stopped, honestly, I stopped watching it when they brought her on because it was so awkward between the two of them. Like, this is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I just, like, like him or not, I would just turn it on to see what he's going to yell about for 15 minutes. And then I had my fill and I turned it off. <laughs> and here's Alana after 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, all right, goodbye. Right. It would just be so awkward. Yeah, I don't know. Right. So yeah, it's I don't fun know. that he can't breathe uh, during the whole time. <laughs> yep, for sure. Uh, <laughs> shall we mention quickly uh, that the Tennessee Titans and Will Levis is likely to start at quarterback for the Titans? What the heck does this mean in terms of betting on them? And is there any possibility that Levis can enter the chat as far as the offensive rookie of the year race is concerned? You don't seriously mean that. No, it's just right. it's written on the screen. I don't really mean I know, that. I know, I know. Oh, yeah. throwing the producer right under the bus. I think it's a question that has to be asked. I think it's a question that why, has to be why, asked. Why does it have to be asked? Why? Because he's a rookie and he's starting and we're, we're exactly at the halfway point. And look, if C.J. Stroud. Right. Like, I think in real, like, I think you have to ask the question even if the answer is no. The answer can be no. But that's all right. okay. Oh, no, the question isn't the question no. isn't no, Paul. It's hell no. He's not in this offensive <laughs> rookie of the year race, even if he plays well. Don't, don't waste your money. That's, There's yeah. good content. That's why I asked the question. This is how it works. Fair. Come on, <laughs> people. Fair. Think like a Come producer. On, no, I I think the I best that's why the best case scenario that's why got a hell no segment. Is in he there. See? is he plays like <laughs> C.J. Stroud, right? So C.J. Stroud's already got a huge lead on him. Like, and then Puka's already got a huge lead on him. Yeah, that's the thing. It doesn't have to be a quarterback. This is not a quarterback right. award. 
like the MVP is. That's the difference. We spent yesterday going over, okay, Puka, what about Jordan Addison after his two-touchdown game? Is that going to continue with his opportunities? Can Bijan get back on track? Well, you know, maybe we'll see A-Chan once again. Like, there are so many guys that are ahead of Levis. I don't see him stepping in day one and being as good as Stroud has been for a half the first half of the year. You also need to be starting games at the beginning of the year to be eligible for this award. That's what history has shown us, and this year will be no different. Right.